Hi everyone and welcome to the Farflung Tin Can Podcast. My name is Jonathan Huarbe, your host, and I hope that you enjoy today's episode. If this is your first time listening in, we are a missions organization that partners with missionaries around the world to spread the hope and love of Christ to the far-flung corners of the earth. Right before we jump in, we want to give a huge shout out to Journey Life Center Church, one of our flagship partners for making today's episode possible. So without any more delay, let's jump in. I believe the city can be transformed. You got to be willing to take the initiative. When you go and tell, he will back it up every time. Thanks for jumping in. This is Farflung Tin Can and this is our podcast. We are going to try in this first episode to narrow down how this all started and what it all means now. What is Farflung Tin Can? So thanks for jumping in. I'm with Jonathan Warbay, Kyle Philippi, Jeremy Carruthers. And I hate that you did that. My, so so here's, where, here's where we're kicking off with. That's why um, this had to be a video podcast. Because that's why? <laughs> but he told me, he's like, you got your own cameras right here. So I'm just like, that's me. You, you and me, we're right here today. Sorry. Yeah, so I walked in 20 minutes ago. I don't know what they've been doing all day, but there's 17 cameras here. Um, and I thought it was just audio podcast. You really felt like we have the kind of looks that needed every angle documented. Well, I think that our, our audio on its own is not going to be good enough. Right. We're really going to need the video to catch this thing up. And so many cameras in case something happens like he just knocked a lamp over. Just a few seconds ago, we needed to catch that. Yeah, but that was pre-recording, so it didn't happen. Yeah, so um, you guys been here all day setting this up? What's the story? Nope. <laughs> we set up for like 30 minutes, and then me and Warbay went and got Thai food. Thai food. That's it. Spicy. Yeah. Sweet basil Thai. Is that where you went? Nah. No, but I, I took him to that Thai son. You, you, you went there with us, like after Thailand. Did I get sticky rice? Mango sticky I told rice? Him to. Nah, I got the I got spicy it. fried rice. And then got a little extra spicy tray and then got a little extra spicy cup. And I was fine until the cup. <laughs> and then I was hurt. She said, was it spicy? I was like, you know, I could because I got Thai hot, which is, it's like mild, hot, spicy, Thai hot, something like that, or extra spicy. So we just got the one before Thai hot because we knew we were going to be recording. Probably better not to be snotting and sniffing and all that. <laughs> So, anyways, she came to check on us. Like, you guys all right? I was like, yeah, I should have got Thai high. I could have done Thai high. So, she was like, okay, I got you. And I was like, no, no, no. All, right, all right, that's fine. So, she brought a, an, an extra ramekin of peppers, like whatever. Right. And then I felt bad because I didn't use it. So, we were just like deep in conversation. We're about to leave. And I was like, man, I got to use this. And I wasn't thinking. And I basically took all of the ramekin and like mixed it with my last three bites and was hurting on the way back. I was like, Grabbing napkins out the glove box. Did you did you wait wait to show it? Like you didn't want to show you didn't want them to know that you were struggling, so you waited to like show your pain until you're in the car? Well, I was fine. It was that last little bit of spicy that I added just because I asked her to bring it and I was like, I can't ask her to bring it and then not use it. Well then he like he bit into a seat. Like we're in the middle of a conversation and his whole face just changes. Like, what happened? He's just like, I just ate a seed. Like, <laughs> he just regretted it instantly. Like, I felt it in between my teeth. And I was like, oh, I'll chew that up. And then I shouldn't have. I feel like the reason <laughs> this is a video podcast, like 20 minutes in, his face going to turn red. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to see him leave the room. How do you think you were compared to Polly's situation in the Amazon? Oh, I mean, 
Polly was sick for 48 hours off that pepper with hot sauce on it. <laughs> so I was fine. I mean, I was like, I mean, by the time we got halfway back here, you know, I could have done it all over again. My neighbors grow ghost peppers, which is a very like niche pepper because it's so hot, which I make salsa and things like that. So they gave me a bunch of them and I froze them. And Gary, the rhino, came over, ate half of one one day. And he was really struggling. So Warbe came over. He heard that Gary did half one. So he was like, I'm going to do a whole one. And this man, so much his whole face, he goes to the bathroom. He comes out of the bathroom. And I thought he like wet his head because he was so like just struggling. And it was sweat. He was telling. He's like, he's like my, dude, my sweat is spicy. <laughs> That's what he said today. He said, my sweat is spicy. It was burning. He I said he was sweating. It was. it was burning. It was the worst feeling. It felt like I was burning from the inside out. <laughs> you know, like a train, like it's got, you know, like the steam is just like an old steam train. That's what I felt like. Coming out your ears. Like <laughs> yes, your literally. It's the worst choice. Yeah. Ever. So, um, so from, from Thai food to peppers to far flung tin can, um, in the beginning, far flung tin can was a pepper involved in this starting this organization, the dream, all this. Was spicy food a part of the day this thing kicked off? Mm-hmm. No, but I'm pretty sure I had Trace Hermanos for lunch that day, which is like the local Mexican restaurant. We all like went to college and hung out at that restaurant. I remember going around the 24-hour period. I can't remember if it was before or after, but I remember going there writing down notes of what things would be. Okay, so for, for everybody <clears throat> who's still listening to this... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't care about Thai food. Far flung tin can. Like, how did this thing start? Um, I was in college. We all went to the same college, the ones that are in this room. And um, even the camera guy, he's currently at that college. There you go. You <laughs> <laughs> got a little shout out there. Um, I had the plans to go to Hollywood. I didn't have, I don't, I don't want to say I had the plans. I had the intent, but I didn't have a plan. <laughs> I thought, okay, I'll graduate, and then I I go to Hollywood. Um, but anyways, that was the plan. Always did video, and uh, was involved in ministry and choir. We were all in, and I was literally running late for my broadcast journalism class with Professor Mary Dukes, if you're watching. And I pull up, was not praying, was not having a spiritual moment. I literally pulled up into the parking lot, turned the car off, and had like, flashes of vision like there used to be a show called chuck on nbc you remember that he was like they like put all of the government's information in his head and he would like flash when he saw someone and it showed all his background that's kind of what and it was on during that time that's what it felt like um and i just saw these different images and i don't know if it's like uh they're really specific i can still like recall them so i don't know if those are like specific images that are going to pass or if they are um, just representative. Anyways, but it was me documenting missionaries, telling their stories in a different type of way that wasn't so, you know, look at these poor people, so sad, black and white image and Sarah McLaughlin in the background, like just like a real person with some humor and the ups and downs. And so I didn't go to class. And I think that's when I went to Trace Hermanos. And I started just writing down all these ideas, but I didn't want to start a mission organization. 
had no experience in nonprofit work. So I was like, I will tell these stories of missionaries for another organization. I'll be their media. And I tried that. I wanted to do that for like six months, but nobody liked the idea. <laughs> um, so I, it was about six months later and I was like, okay, I guess, I guess we'll, I'll, we'll just start something. You're about to graduate. You're, this is like, uh, I still had another year. Okay. So, so you're, you're at Lee that year at Lee, thinking about this it. Happened in, you told somebody. I told some of my friends and inquire that wanted to do missions or help missions. Like the ones that were close to me that, um, had a heart for missions because I had never been on a missions trip. So you've never been out of the country on a missions I, trip. I went on one choir trip to Ecuador. You were on that trip. Yeah. And it, it technically, yes, it was a missions trip. Right. We stayed at the JW Marriott <laughs> and we did services at night in churches and we did some community projects. So yes, it was, I don't want to say it wasn't a missions trip, but I did not get the quote unquote mission. I did not get the far fling experience. If that puts so I don't know. A lot of people say our trips are so different. And I'm like, I don't know what you're comparing to because I didn't go on a trip before. So headed to Hollywood, Lee University, lay for class, visions. And then six months of like, ah, nobody likes your idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What was the next big step? Like what was like the next, even if it yeah. didn't have big results, your big step. So the six months, it was tons of defeat, but also like tons of people coming up and giving me like, words. Actually, the day before I had the visions, we were in a Kip's Choir service. You remember... Um, do you remember uh, K.O.? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. he comes up and he was like, the Lord just told me like everything in your life changes today. And I was wow. like, okay. And nothing happened. And then the next morning, you know, and then there was just like confirmations for like six months, but like confirmations met with defeat. So it was just like, hey, all these things, you're on the right track, you're on the right track. But then in the physical, it was like everything I tried to do, nobody wanted and so a vision in February. Um, and then by July, I start sending out letters to all the people in my life that have made a difference and impacted me, pastors and evangelists and youth workers, all these things. And I said, I'm starting this thing. I wrote a letter, Far Flung Tin Can Inc. I had, it was even longer in the original letter, <laughs> Far Flung Tin Can Incorporated. And um, I remember saying, I know it sounds weird, but Coca-Cola probably sounded really weird at first too. Now we're used to it. So I just put the whole thing out there. I mailed out like 20 letters to try to get support. And I got zero responses. <laughs> Not one. But I also didn't call anyone either. I just wrote letters and thought that would do it. And so that was July. And then I just kind of sat on it. Like, this is the plan. This is what I want to do. But I had no money, no camera, no computer, nothing. And that's when um, someone who I knew pretty well, but he was coming to visit my roommate, came over. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I was going to move to Ohio, be a youth pastor for a few years while I built this. And he was like, what are you going to do? And I said, I really want to do this thing. And I described it to him. And he was the first one to be like, yes, you need to start now. I was like, I don't have no money to start. I, can't, I don't even have a computer. So he had some inheritance money and went home and came back with an envelope of $5,600 in cash. And I was like, I need to know where this money came from. 
And so he's like, Did you think he was a drug dealer? <laughs> I, I just I just needed to know. And if he was, would you still have taken the money? That's I still the- would have took it. <laughs> you know, for the Lord's work. Um, so he's like, it's inheritance. And so with 56. Because you knew he didn't have $5,600. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. Right. Like, some, there's some people, if they bring you the money, you're like, thank you. He wasn't there's working. some people, it's like, right. where'd that money come from? He wasn't working. <laughs> so I was like, I need to know. So anyways, um, he came back and his knuckles were bloody. No, just kidding. Um, so I was like, um, okay, let's get started. And so with $5,600, I bought a Mac computer, which is still here at the office. Um, bought, uh, we paid for a website and a logo. And so these guys built a website, another guy built the logo. And then we bought, um, I think 50 shirts with the logo on it and that was it like all right let's get started and we were branded as like a missions organization that does documentaries and all that but we didn't even have a camera so we did blogs on the website let me ask you let me ask you a quick question how did you go from actually two questions did you have like a heart for missions work before this or was it you being passionate about film and then finding that as a potential outlet, that's what made you passionate about missions. I like, never thought about missions. Yeah. So this was... Like, Didn't, I don't remember. I think I think missionaries came to our church, and I was like in children's church, but I, like, I had no... There's no experience. I knew what they were. And I thought it was good. I thought I would go and make money in Hollywood, and I would donate to this type of stuff. I thought I'd be a donor. Um, so it really was like reliant on the visions thing and just knowing what I knew, and then also seeing the void. Because I've never, I had never seen, aside from like, I think that year I saw the Invisible Children video uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was pretty great. I was like, oh, okay. Young guys, like the branding was really cool. It still wasn't like, it was uh, very serious all the way through. But that was the first thing that kind of moved the needle of me with missions. I'm like, okay, that's really good stuff. But I thought we can like really change this up. And you said this is before YouTube. Right. Or uh, no, YouTube was YouTube had only been out for a few years. Twitter had only been out for two years. So there wasn't, you know, this surge like in, in YouTube and stuff now. So you said that you wrote a letter, 20 letters or so. Yeah. And you wrote far flung tin can on the top of them. Where did far flung tin cam come from? Did it come out of the blues? I mean, where did, where do you come up with that name? Was that at Trace Hermanos? Was that <laughs> that first day? Visions, Trace Hermanos, far flung tin cam. Right. Um, no, because I was going to be part of another organization. So that July, okay. when in, right. in the yeah. summer, I was like, okay, we're yeah. going to do so. I'm going to start an organization. I went to all those friends that wanted to do missions work, and I said, if you become a missionary, like you know, do you know who you're going to go through as a, like a organization? They didn't know. I said, what if, if I start one, would you do it? They're like, yeah. Um, so we wanted, it was going to be like a media. It wasn't a company, but it was like a media ministry. I didn't, there was no worship involved. There was no, you know, I would go to like show video clips at a service and then talk about it. But it was very much like a media thing. So it was like media companies have, all these weird names, right? And so we're like, okay, um, 
it needs to be representing a long distance phone call. That was the best way I could put it. Okay. When I, in my first sales pitch, I used to say, um, oh, I can't remember the, uh, the term. There, there's, a, there's a psychological term to it. And it talks about how like, I'm a, I was a huge Conan O'Brien fan. Never missed an episode of Conan for seven years. I know Conan, right? If I saw him on the street, I would yell. And I'd probably reference something from the show. Like, I know him. It actually happened to me. I ran into his producer in a back hallway at Rockefeller. And he was so confused how I would have known him. And so I feel like I have this relationship where I know Conan. And I was like, that's what we want to create in these films with missionaries and with our team. So that when you watch it, you're like, I know these people. Because I used to, this, I'm, I'm literally pulling my old sales pitch out. It was like, um, I said, if Billy Graham came up to you and asked you for $100 for something new he was starting, you're likely to give it to him because you, you feel like you know him. But if a stranger came up and said, hey, I'm starting that same ministry, can I get $100? You're a lot, le- lot less likely to do it because you don't feel like you know this person. I'm like, what if we can create that reputation and that trust and that relationship in an hour and a half in a film where you really feel like you know this person, you're a lot more likely to give. And you're giving toward the person and not the problem. That was the original that was the original thing that we were going based so on. Long so, distance phone call. Long distance phone call. You're like talking to this missionary. You feel like you have a relationship with them. So I was like, okay, um, let's get some synonyms here. So I was like, okay, like a long distance call. Like let's use little tin can phones. Like you'd use your, as your kid. Cause that's, you know, I thought it was really obvious. It's not. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, like, Far away. What's a, what's a long another word for long distance? And I found far flung, which means very far away or very remote. I was like, that's perfect. The far flung tin can, which is beautiful. I love it. From the beginning, I was like, yes. And the reaction that people give when you say it, it's like perfect. So like, that's what you. It's want. a name that you need. I thought if it's on a shirt, you're going to ask what it is. You know, it's a it's a now it's annoying when I go to the bank. Or anywhere that I have to, you know, say my yeah. Or when you're buying a house and you work for Far Flung, and they're like, "What's your employer name?" Right. Or when you're on the phone and they're like, "What's your email address?" And you're like, "Brian at Far Flung Teen King," <laughs> and then they hang up on you because they don't right. think you're a real person. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay, I just think this, and that is something I don't relate to at all. Plant. I don't relate to it all in having this one moment where you're late to this class and, and this one instance, instance so dramatically changes the rest of your life. Like even with no pre-connections, like even like I met my wife and knew her for a, a minute before we even like dated. It wasn't like I saw her in across the room. It's like, that's my wife. I'm going to go ask her. I'm, I'm going to marry you one day. But it wasn't even like that. It was, but this, like how many people in your, how many of, like, do you know that were like headed, not in the completely opposite direction, Hollywood, film, but like now you're talking 11 years later, maybe plus, 11 plus years mm-hmm. later, it's like those visions still directing this thing that is now an organization that has cameras and and staff and nations and offices 
all coming from that moment. I don't relate to that. It's, it's, I don't know about the moment, but like, it's like a, a, it's a redirection that seems major, but really isn't that major. So you wanted to do film. Your assumption was, I'm going to, I'm going to take this passion, something I enjoy, and I'm going to go to Hollywood and I'm going to make films. It's like, reminds me of our very own Gary Keelan story, where it's like, he's lifting weights to be an Olympic lifter. Like, and he's just, I mean, lifting and lifting and lifting and gaining strength and, and perfecting his skill and his physique. And then God is like, slight redirect. You're going to travel and do feats of strength and share the gospel. And it's like, that's kind of what I see in your story as well is like, you're headed this direction and it's like, you're, you know, you're passionate, you're perfecting like a skill and it's something you want to pursue. And it's almost like God's like, okay, I see you. And then it's like a little nudge that goes, and then, you know, you look back a decade later and it's like, what just happened? But it's just cool how, mm-hmm. like the reason I've, and I've never asked as long as I've known you, as long as I've been in far flung, I never stopped to think like, did you care much about missions before far flung or was it your kind of creative, uh, creative outlet, you know, your filmmaking that led you even to become more passionate about missions and actually led you into that world. And that's like what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. What's crazy is like when I was a kid, I wanted to, I went through a phase where I was young where I wanted to create commercials and then I want to be an actor like this is always like in that realm. But you know, I love those action adventure movies, Indiana Jones movies, things like that. And so um, it was just like last year where I realized, um, you know, gave that up. Right. But now we're living actual storylines. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I was going to pretend to do awesome things. Be Indiana Jones. Yeah. Right. And right. go go to these cliff sides and these villages and jungles and all that. And that would have been cool. But now we actually get to play the part of it and still get to film it. And so I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome that he's still like the thing that, you know, maybe, maybe I had that instilled in me because he knew I was going to be doing it for real. Wow. Yeah. Like I'm just you're thinking what you were willing to pretend to do, like the Lord's like, hey, how about instead of pretend, do it. let's do it. Like I'm thinking about my son who like for a while would go around the house pretending to ride a, a dirt bike. And then one day we went and bought a four-wheeler. He's like four years old. And suddenly it's like, how about instead of pretending, how about you do the real thing? Which I think you just called yourself Indiana Jones. Which <laughs> <laughs> if you walk into his office, it kind of looks like you're walking into an Indiana Jones office. So yeah. So I don't, I don't know how I feel. Well, that. I think one of the most unique things, like I remember, you know, we were at Lee together and I never, I've never met anyone that could get anybody to do anything. You know, like he, like Dr. Khan is, was the president of Lee University until not long ago. And he, like, he, he did a voicemail for Kyle, right? Like he just had that personality that just just influenced people. And then I think one of my earlier memories was Kyle just showing up with a camera in everybody's face, just like, what are you doing? 
you know and so it's just interesting that like he like like we're talking about the video aspect but then also i think like you engage people you know in a way that um i think is like so essential and it's part of the story too you know of like like you're saying like we want to we want you to know that we care and that you matter like we you know we want to know who we're who we're engaging with everywhere we go and that's kind of been like very i mean that's part of your personality i think you know Part of your character. Was there ever a time where it was like far flung almost didn't happen here? Or from the time that you didn't go to that class, it was like, I'm never looking back. No, there was never, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Um, but I, we did start in Ohio. So I, okay. went, I left Lee and we started in Ohio. And the first four years of far flung were in Ohio. And I was trying to get people to like recruit up north, and nobody was biting. We still love you, Ohio. By the way, yeah. Those of you that are watching in Ohio, <laughs> nobody you, wants to. Thank move you for there. supporting now, early yeah. on, late adopters. And because Chattanooga is so close to Lee, a lot of the ones that were like just graduating or had just graduated, everybody was still kind of in this area, or maybe they moved to Atlanta. And so, um, and then Pastor Kevin Wallace, they had just bought these 12 acres of downtown buildings for their church. And um, I had, um, so in April of 2013, I went to Guatemala to finish the film, to show the finished orphanage, the film that Jeremy was in. This is like a year later. I went and visited Joe and Mindy, who were the missionaries there. It was the first day of the rainy season. And I'm just sitting there journaling and I'm still working at the church and um, Benjamin and Lily, their kids were real young. It starts raining. I'm like, we got to go outside in the rain. It's the first day of the rainy season. Go outside and play. I don't know. Uh, it was just a really distinct day because I went, I got back inside and like took my raincoat off and I was like, I have to quit. Like my time's up. I've stretched it as long as I can and I've got to jump. Um, because, you know, we, we, I wasn't making enough money. Like I wasn't making any money at Farflung. I was doing it voluntarily. In order to be full-time, I'd have to go and travel to churches and speak. But I could only miss a couple Sundays a year and I'm going to spend it on the mission field. So I can't, take, I can't travel to speak because I'm full-time, but I can't go full-time because I can't travel to go speak. So, so when you say you were quitting, I need to quit and do this. I need to quit the church. The church that you were being full-time. Being a pastor. Okay. And I need to... Uh, it's time to like go all the way in. So I gave uh, my parents for the pastors. And I gave them a year's heads up. Hey, dad. Yeah. But she knew. I, I told him. I'll, hey, I'll mom. Be, I had told them I'd be there for two years. And I was there four but in total. So after year three, I went to him. I said, I'm quitting in a year. I'm not, I want to give you plenty of head time. I'm going to uh, save up money. I'm going to have to get a little nest egg because I'm going into a position that has no money. So this is you and your wife. No, it's just okay. me. Because you're not married at this time. No. So I save, up, I save up money for like six months and then I meet Marion and I had money for a ring. I so there was your next day. So I went, <laughs> yes, <laughs> started back down to zero. So, um, so as we just, the week we started dating, I, we came down here. This is where we, we uh, had a week of dating because she came from Guatemala. And um, I went to dinner with Pastor Kevin. And he said, hey, would you ever move back down here? I said, if we have a reason to, I'm, I'm actually leaving the church and 
If I had a reason to, he's like, what if we gave you offices? It's like, that's a pretty good reason our volunteers are here. And so um, he's like, yeah. And we, he took me down here and we went and looked at them. These were, this office space was like athletic offices and cubicles. I have that before footage and we ripped out all the stuff and did all that. But we moved all the way down here after me and Mary got married a few months later and um, started down here. But that, w- that wasn't the plan. The plan originally then was stay in Ohio. Yeah. Just, be, just quit the just, church, but still live there. Yeah. Work from Ohio. Yeah. But then Pastor Kevin. Try to recruit people there. Yeah. He reached out to you. Is yeah, it, we had dinner. I mean, we were just dinner. having dinner and he was like, hey, would you ever move down here? Okay. Yeah. And then you moved down here and it just took off. Or it was like a slow burn, like a slow. There was some like, there were some big wins that first year that made it a little easier. But I mean, um, it didn't just take off. I would say, okay. so this was year four of Farflung is when I um, went full-time. And I'd say year seven is when things re- the, like really started cranking up. How so? Like what changed? What, what were the determining factors to say it A was A big crank- part of it, um, we did the Together album in Guatemala in 2015. And then 2016, we started getting into like conference circuses. circuses. (laughs) 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 So like the worship, the music aspect of it? Yeah, that that was a big part of it. Then we started getting, um, we started doing the trips, the church trips. Like uh, you could sign up because up until 2017, if you were not in Far Flung and were not on the film crew, you weren't going on a trip. That's what we do. We go and film and that's it. That's the film. And then you give. We didn't give an opportunity, really. We had done like maybe one or two instances where a church could sign up. Um, and in 2017, we really, really were seeing the demand in like the emails. And so we started like saying, okay, travel with us. Um, so I think like that year, like it was a culmination of it was going to be our second year doing the conference and the albums were, were getting bigger and we were starting to get more and more church partners. So it was like, you really just saw that the ball was moving down the hill but it was like it's picked up a lot of steam in 2017 and it's gotten like just rapidly faster since yeah how how has far flung like you know if you could go back 10 years and peek into the future and see far flung in 2021 what do you think is different from what you thought it would be you know, there was no worship aspect. I always viewed it as it was me and a couple camera guys. So you never Working envisioned doing puppet work and puppet show? <laughs> <laughs> that came out of nowhere, eh? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of evolution <laughs> that came out. Yes, yes. Um, so I would say that, that that group dynamic, I always thought it was just going to be like small film crew. It's kind of how I looked at it. The Telling same emphasis. Stories. Yeah. About missionary. Right. Still, you know, the documentaries, I think, would look somewhat similar. Of course, the last few years, we've really leaned into, I would say when we went to Alaska was the first time that the story started shifting, not just to, hey, here's their history and this is what they do. And this is us responding to it, to, okay, God, what do you want to do at this on this trip? You know, and especially now that we do like a 25 minute episode on every trip we do, it's like, 
okay. Because also it was like, we would do one film for a missionary and then maybe five years we would do another film, like a follow-up. But now we're doing like episodes, like two episodes a year going, like we're traveling to all these missionaries and getting constant updates. And when you have those constant updates, you don't have to focus much on the history. We've covered that. It's like, okay, God, what do you want to do on this trip? And so the stories are a lot of that. And that was not original intent at all. Is there a time where Farflung and even like Kyle went from being a film guy? What's the term? Is there a term for like a filmographer? Is that cinematographer? Cinematographer. <laughs> Can I get my camera guy to tell me what, what you're what we're supposed to call you? A uh a cam camera dude. Um it, where you went from being the guy with the camera telling a story to a missionary who God gave a camera to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even far-flung, is, is there a time when you were like, oh, I'm a missionary? Not, I'm a camera guy telling missionary stories. I'm a missionary who God gave a camera to. Mm-hmm. And far-flung even went from being a, like a film organization or a media company to we're missionaries. Mm-hmm. Is, was that 2017? Is that that seven-year mark where I you were like... It maybe even say the beginning of that would be during the Guatemala Together Project, the first Together Project, having everybody there, doing an album on the ground, doing outreach together. It was like, that project is, hey, let's, there's no like history. It's like, hey, let's all work together. That was probably the first bit of that. Like, okay, we're all doing this together. We're all ministering and not as much documenting. Yeah. I'm hearing pivotal moments, Lee University vision, that, that Guatemala trip is coming in big. And, and the invitation to move to Chattanooga is coming in big. I got those out of order. Guatemala and worship, how, how did that happen? How did, not just Guatemala, but, but the worship mm-hmm. be behind it, the mm-hmm. far-flung tin can? It started at Trace Hermanos, just like far-flung tin can did. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't y'all go there for lunch today? You went to Thai? <laughs> Thai place? Are you kidding I mean, me? We need to start eating lunch at Trace Hermanos more because <laughs> mm-hmm. good things happen. Yeah. I'll let you tell the story. I just thought that was... Um, He wasn't a part yet. And we asked him to be in one of the documentaries first. And we were there. That's the the, the queso story. Just tell yeah. the queso story. What is it? I Marvin. haven't heard this. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not even like... One of our it's favorite not even waiters, that, Marvin. It's, it's just, not even that funny. It's just... He's still there. It was our first time... Like we have to get it out. Like me and Kyle, which we were like acquaintances through everybody else, but we were never in choir together, school together. Uh... Well, we were never in school together, right? No. Yeah, but we didn't know each other. Yeah, but we I didn't like him. He didn't like me. So we... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he knew you didn't like we him. We went... <laughs> he asked me to go to Trace Hermanos to talk about going to Guatemala, getting me involved in Far Flung. And uh, this, so here's the case of the story. It's really... I don't even want to tell this story, but I'm... <laughs> it really has almost no payoff. <laughs> the, there's, there's nothing at the end of it, just, oh. We ate queso one but, day. <laughs> so we, like, did I order it? So like yeah. we're sitting there, we requested it, and he's like, "We take an order," and I'm like, uh, "I say, <laughs> I say, can we can we get some queso?" Like, and I did like the bowl. You know, you everybody does it. They make and the he bowl says with queso specifically. So I was like, I'm like, I was like, so he oh. understands what I'm you like. Want. Hey, can we get some queso? And this dude looks at me and he goes, "Cheese dip," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." 
<laughs> and he like yeah. walks away and then he of course Kyle he just was like laughing hysterically and I started laughing I was like I like so now literally to this day <laughs> every time I sit down in a Mexican restaurant I'm like can I get uh babe order order that order that <laughs> I just don't want to relive that moment it's normal to call it queso right that's I love what that you he want shamed you he right. like literally was just like cheese dip there was so much weight behind the way he said it yeah like he was i mean he was upset yeah but i don't know i don't know why so yeah. now i literally like every time i have like a complex every time i sit down i'm like can i get some some of the, the cheese dip queso that you got <laughs> thanks so in that yeah. moment you were like let's do worship with far right Damn, because that's what that. started it we started doing worship yeah. the first year like i said we had no camera so we're like we need to fundraise some money here for missions so I picked up some projects. Like we didn't even have Pandavita yet. I picked like I just knew random people, like some far flung people that were doing short term uh, like semi long term missions. I was raising money for them and some people I knew they were doing a project in Africa. So we raised money for them, but I didn't have a way to raise it. I didn't even have a camera. So I did six weeks of ballroom teaching. <laughs> I taught ballroom. <laughs> what? And I raised like two thousand dollars. You knew it to teach it. I is knew what was it. getting me. I knew it enough to teach it for six weeks. So like ballroom dancing, foxtrot, walk. You knew these things. You know these things. Cha cha. West Coast them. swing. East Come on, Coast whoa, 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 swing. Stop, 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 stop. Why, why do you know merengue? This? How? And- I took, I took lessons throughout my entire time at Lee. Private lessons, public lessons. Went every Tuesday night. So hours and hours. Of so you like the films wasn't cutting it. So you're like, you know what? I'm gonna teach people to tango. Yeah. Hmm. Now, what's crazy is I hope somewhere we can cut to a clip of him dancing I in have. Africa because I've always thought that's just what he does. He was trained to dance like that. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like a decade of training <laughs> that brought <left>. shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so you, know that. Yeah. You took projects dance you're trying to raise some funds yeah and then just by whatever i got so we do that and then we do um we do a missions weekend with the youth group and um i asked a bunch of campus choir buddies people that were involved in the organization but they weren't i mean there's nothing really involved they're like yeah we're in hey come down and do worship and we do this uh weekend of worship and then i preached my first sermon to the adults about missions and raising up an offering and then we do like altar call and like, they're like, okay, we responded. And then like everybody leaves and then we keep worshiping and like something happens with the team. Like nobody's in the sanctuary anymore. And it's just like getting heavier and heavier. And then it's just like this bomb goes off. Something was like happening in that moment. And so a couple weeks later, Tobin emails me and says, hey, what do you think about us doing an album to fundraise? And we could just, you know, make it as a project to fundraise. I said, that's a great idea. Let's see if we can write some songs. And we did the first album. How many people that know Far Flung now know Far Flung because of worship? If you were guessing percentage-wise. It's hard to say. I would say... I'd say if you took the entire audience of people that that know the name Farfling Tin Can, I would say 80% of them knew the worship first. Okay. If they even know of the mission side. Yeah. If you look at our top 70 
videos on YouTube as far as views. All but two of them were worship. And that's probably all our worship videos. Yeah. Wow. But two of them. Yeah, the other are puppet videos, if you want to check those <laughs> yeah. out. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a pivotal moment then. Yeah. With worship. Yeah, I think that, I think maybe that the heaviness of that moment let us all know that there was something to, to mine out of that. Now, our crew watching and, and listening here don't know anything about the fact that we all came out of this culture of worship in campus choir, the university. And I wasn't in choir with either one of you guys, me and Kyle were in together, but still like this flat out worship. Is that how you describe that culture we were all in? Yeah. Yeah. So that, would you say that because we were all there together, that was just kind of like already in you or that was like, no, that was like, Hey, we've all, we've all done this radio with Camp Squire. Like, this is what Camp Squire does. We're a bunch of Camp Squire kids doing a mission service. Okay. How did that translate into your conversation at Tres Hermanos and worship in Guatemala? That was pre-Guatemala? That was before? Yes, this was years before. And then, So now you guys, were you at that service in Ohio? No. 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 He didn't come along for another year or so and went to... When it did um, a documentary there, and then when it came time to go back to Guatemala to do an album, I was like, can you track this? Hey, can we get like 42 people and go to Guatemala and track this outside of an orphanage with all rented gear and do an album in two nights? Over two nights, do an album. Back then, there was no, you know, like, you know, you see a lot of videos where people are like sitting around in a room or standing around a room and there's worship. There was no reference to that. My best, my best way to describe it was the, it'll be like Gaither style. It'd be like a Gaither homecoming. So this was like really new because there was no reference. Like now you could say like all these different artists yeah, oh, that do sure. that. Right. Yeah. But there wasn't that. Upper room, house fires, yeah. all this kind of yeah. vibe. So you had to, so that's why I was like, this is going to be like the, the Gaithers. Like we've got all these different people from around the world and they'll say something. So they'll get a devotion. They'll do their song. We'll all sit in a circle. I like the Gaithers. So like that was, I wrote Bill Gaither and thanked him and sent him a link after the album came out. Um, so that was the reference. But and let me just say, I think that's hype that you honor the, the people, even if it's not your genre, your style. I like, I love that. I mean, we, we, you say steel sounds negative, but I mean, we, we build on. you know, yeah, we yeah. definitely inspired uh, that approach of the, we do these together albums every four years. Like to me, like, yeah, we're like doing a Gaither homecoming. We're pulling, but we're pulling missionaries from all yeah. these countries around the world and we're going to the Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was the first music recordings. Was together project. There was there, there was, was an album. There was, couple, yeah, there was, that, there was the album. Okay, yeah, the did. one. Yeah, right. But and this the was like a, room. This is a large scale. Right, right. So that yeah, that's what. There was the one that I remember we did in the choir room the night no, the tornado back. went through. Yeah, the tornado hail, went through, and the hail. So you can hear it in the recording, which is yeah. crazy. Like People historical markers. And you can hear the hail hitting the roof in one of the songs. Like I, power like goes I, out like ten minutes after we get done. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I was there helping Joseph, and um, but I wasn't like really a part. I was like a, I was periphery at that point. I was kind of helping out, 
running some cables, but together that that first together project was significant. And it's also crazy because the second together project was also very significant, maybe for different reasons. Um, but like you said, 80%, like that blows my mind. Like I didn't think I was sitting over here thinking I had maybe 40, 50%. Um, but like to your point, like what you asked, like worship was very easy for us to rally around because we all came from that same breed, you know, coming out of campus choir so that no matter if we were there together or not, like we got that. And I think we all had that similar um, desire, similar experiences, similar understanding of what we were trying to accomplish there. And I think that's why it clicked kind of so easily to begin with. There was always a culture from the beginning in the worship of just everybody playing their part, serving their role or not. There may not be room for you because <laughs> there's a lot of us, yeah. you know, and it always worked so well, but it's just, it's encouraging. It's encouraging for me to hear too, because, um, you know, being able to take an organization like Far Flung and then say, okay, we're going to add music. We're going to add worship on top of that um, just to bolster the purpose of the organization even more. And then to see just that work. Just to see that, you know, we've talked, we were talking about the other day in our other meeting about how Farfling has had a very clear purpose, a very clear why. And because of that, we've been able to, the what we do, we've been able to be creative. And um, so it's cool to be at, you know, I wasn't at the very inception of Farfling, but was there like in a pivotal role in a pivotal moment for Farfling. And then now I got to be honest, like I'm thinking about the worship. And um, so we, you know, we had a couple albums that uh, we did a couple, couple projects that we did. And then that one was significant because everybody came together and it was very large scale. Not everybody. Live. I wasn't invited. I'm not mad. You weren't a part of it. You weren't a part yet. <laughs> you, <laughs> you were at home watching it. Is that what you guys I wasn't got invited. I'm not bitter. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he right. wasn't but like, either, but he, he met us in Florida. That's right. I remember right. that. We rehearsed at his church. Yep. So like, so you have that moment and then like, it's funny because it's like, okay, we're going to do films. All right. And then we're going to do worship. And it's like, wow, watch what that can add to it. And then last year, it just happened to be here. When it's like, hey, we're going to focus on the next generation and inspiring and educating children on what missions work is, and we're going to do puppets and all this stuff. And it's kind of funny because, you know, I think we're at that stage even with the puppet and the kids stuff that we're still in those first couple album phase. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a significant moment in that because I, I just think that the way it's, it's, it's tracked with Far Flung is like the original idea, let's give or take five years. A big, mm -hmm. a big idea, give or take another five years. We're in 2020. There's yeah. another idea. So, you know, it's, it's just interesting, you know, two or three years from now, just yeah. to see how those things kind of come, like, accumulate and, you know, how God uses those things. It's, it's just really, really cool to track that. You kind of have to dig your heel in the sand if you want to do something big. Like, you got to expect failure, expect people not to care. Um. I always ask, I always like think about this question. I don't know, maybe it's a, 
book chapter somewhere, but it's like, how long do you do something that nobody cares about? Because mm. it's either it's either going to take time and it's building, or it's too hard to grasp, or it's a bad idea. But how do you differentiate? And so with me, it was just like, I really, just truly bought in. I like really, really believe in it. I believe in it like much more than like right now, people still, you know, we have a lot bigger of an audience than we did 11 years ago. And I'm like, this is, this is going to be such an impactful thing that I'm like, yeah. I'm, I, I, I talk all the time about like what we're going to do over the next 30 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how long do you do something that nobody cares about? And I don't have an answer. Yeah. But it, it does, it, it, it takes time. I think it's significant that you start and as you started 11 years ago or like at college, nobody like responding to your 20 letters and how differently it would look if all those people were like, yeah, here's all the money for a camera. Like, like the elements of you needing to be in Ohio and having a service in Ohio that was such a huge part of all of it. And then moving to Chattanooga and all of those things, how they all play into it. As we talked about our podcast and this episode one on, on like, how did it all start? What is Far Flung Tin Can? I think like introducing somebody to Far Flung Tin Can is such a hard thing to do, but it's also like one of the funnest things you can do. Like I think about Kenny that came into a trip just recently or two years ago, um, had no really feel for far flung, but just gets introduced. This is who we are. It's easier to like describe introducing someone to far flung tin can, like introducing them to a person. Yeah. And if you really want to know a person, okay, I can say, what do you do? Well, I play, I play the bass or I'm a recorder, you know, recording artist or I'm this. Or if I really want to get to know you, I'll say, where do you, where are you from? Where are you from? How'd you grow up? And so like today, like hearing and some of the stuff I'd never heard, like hearing how it all started. I've always like had these crazy imaginations of far flung tin can. How in the world we got this name? (laughs) Like, how did this come from? And then the fact that we talked about long distance phone calls to which like half of the audience are not going to know what that is. (laughs) <laughs> like a long what there, do you mean long distance there was two two times there where I was like man we're like those old dudes now this was before YouTube you what said is, like what is long and then you distance said, what do you mean long distance phone call what is that you said something else too and I was like gosh we're old probably the Gaither thing like it, there was no reference for live worship videos which is like that's all you see now you know right sitting in a circle worshiping yeah so we were innovators and pioneers for sure what um <laughs> all of you have came in different you came in you came in 2012 brian came in 2016 you came in 2018 like what and some of you were kind of around but what was the how did you get here like how did you get in i mean my father took me on missions trips i don't know how young i was probably 10 11 years old you know going to honduras and remember sleeping in a clinic on an army cot with bugs crawling all over me and it was just like this is terrible and this is also very awesome and then going back to Honduras every year is like summer camp for me like I had friends there you know like in this village with no electricity out in the middle of nowhere yeah so I always I craved those experiences you know because it just when when you experience it 
you know, like you, you need that like from time to time. And that's how I felt about it. So I think just sitting down and, and talking to you initially, I had heard of far flung. And I think what, you know, Warby mentioned, like I've never met somebody who's so good at just getting anybody to do anything. Like, and I've, you know, I've said that about you and how good you are at like an army of volunteers and just getting people involved. And um, recently having to describe that it's, you know, it's, let's look at it more like less spiritual and shallow. And it's like, man, like the experiences that you offer people, like stories that you can tell forever. So if somebody's like, hey, dude, like I know you're recording music and stuff. And like there's this, you know, you've worked with this guy in this studio, do this and you do stuff in your house and all this. And like, I want you to go with a hodgepodge of equipment, whatever you can carry in your carry on and your suitcase and then whatever we can rent. And hopefully you got the right cables and there's going to be 40 other people there that are depending on you. And we, you need to record an album outside. With a volcano. Right. <laughs> like, after a volcano. After, right, volcano. after a volcano. So it's like, it's like, to me, I guess I'm just, you know, I, I remember when we were in, when you asked me, when you called me and you're the same thing with the Amazon, you're like, can you do this? And I was just like, Yes. And then as soon as I hang up the phone, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like, hey, why not? Like, let's yeah. let's take a stab at it. You know, we'll figure it out. As the article says, you know, in the first Farflung magazine. Like, um, so to me, it was just like, it was a no-brainer because I characterized Farflung for a long time. Like, through, like, darker times in my life, through the hammock years. Of Jeremy, we had the you know. That's how we refer to depression. That's right? an inside yeah. term. I'm like, depressed. If I'm Hammock Brian, <laughs> like he's just in the Hammock. Mom or like, but like, like through those times, like when I was thinking, what is life about? Right? Like I have like, I'm not enjoying anything. I don't know what I want to do. What's the whole purpose? It's like I would filter through everything. And I would always end up with like, it's far flung. Like far flung is the thing that is a constant. Like far flung is the constant in my life that I just enjoy. And it's miserable sometimes, you know, <laughs> like put you in some precarious situations, you know, like uh, you mentioned Kenny. I'll never forget Kenny. <laughs> Day two of the Amazon when it's hot and we're crowded on that boat. And I looked at him, and he's just defeat. I'm like, you all right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I think he leveled with me. I was like, I wish I was at home. And it's like, welcome to Farflug. <laughs> because now it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened. So, you know, and then four or five yeah, yeah. days in, you're in. You know, but it's like, yeah. so, but, but, you know, regardless of all that, Farflung has been the constant for me for a long time. It's the thing that, you know, when I was youth pastor, every service, I would like, Sorry for talking about far flung again, but when we, you know what I mean? It's like, I could not get away from it. It's like, it was, it was that, it was that thing for me. So, so after, you know, after all these years, after all that time, um, it, like I said, it has been the thing that has kept me, kept me on the hook. That's like, no, no, this is like, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. And like you, I mean, it's the perfect outlet for me creatively. Um, even to the puppet thing, you know, like 
who knew like it was like yeah i've always wanted to voice act like who you know that's <laughs> great who doesn't dream like man i could be yeah. a pixar character you know or whatever like but like so being able to do those things and it's just like man i'm very grateful very grateful and it's like um i'm very grateful to you kyle but and to everybody in far flung who's accepted from the beginning and and just supported and and all of those things like um and then also just very grateful to God who would take something that, you know, for so many years, I'm like, well, that's the one thing, right? That's the one thing. That's the one thing. But always, it was just the thing I volunteered for. Mm -hmm. But that's the one thing. Well, yeah, I'll help you with that, Kyle. Just send it to me. I'll get it to you next week. But the, oh, that's the one thing. And then just to be sitting here, you know, in light of everything and just know, like, man, this is this is it now. It's It's just... I'm just extremely grateful. Yeah. What's yours? So I think for me, so coming, I think I was still at university. You were in Ohio, I think at that point. Um, we had, and so I remember like seeing you walking around, like we would go for fall tour to Ohio and you'd be with cameras just walking around randomly interviewing people. And I had heard about Farflung, but I didn't really know like what exactly Farflung was, you know, like I, I knew that they were a missions organization, but I just didn't know exactly what, what they did, you know? And so, um, and then I think 2016, like you were saying, of course, you know, I, I kept up with everything and Facebook and, and, and Instagram and all that stuff. But when 2016 came around and you guys, you guys got stuck in Florida because of the volcano erupting for together project one, um, chapter one, it, it like hit me. I was like, Oh, so they're actually going as a group together. And of course you guys rehearsed and stuff, which, you know, we talked about, well, Jeremy was talking about the worship. You've talked about it. Like, I think there's a legacy that far flung has like continued, um, it, and I think more specifically to like campus choir and even just that culture of worship, you know, um, Dr. Horn was the director and then Pastor Jimmy were in the Pastor Jimmy. It's like, there was just this culture of worship that has kind of bled over into a lot of what Farflung does, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I remember that first worship night um, when you guys got, so you really were just rehearsing, but much like most of our worship times when we come together, even if it's just like a rehearsal or hanging out, it turns into like just God just comes in the room and just wrecks everybody, you know? And so like that, that was like one of my very first memories um, or experiences with Farflung. Um, and then of course, you know, I was in Florida for a few more years and then Brazil comes along, you know, and, uh, and, and so I started coming up for the missions conferences, I think 2017, 2018, met my wife at one, mm -hmm. you know, and went to the Arctic, went to the Arctic. Yeah. And so, um, and then I started to really understand that these were some guys, uh, a group of people, not just guys, but a group of people that were like crazy for God and literally would do anything. Right. And then we find ourselves at 17,000 feet of elevation at the highest city in the world, 50% oxygen, praying for people for nine hours, you know, which for me, having a heart of missions, that was just like everything, you know? Um, I remember being a worship pastor and always thinking like, I want to be a missionary. I want to do missions. I didn't know how that would flesh out, right? Um, and then you call me and you're like, hey, let's go to Alaska. And then you call me again, you're like, hey, let's go to Peru. And, and you know, like, it's like hey, a let's six- Let's go to Ecuador. Let's go to Ecuador, you know, and it just keeps on going. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been really cool. Yeah. I think, I think when we talk about how it started with you, it was this, you were headed this direction with film 
Right. Then there's like worship is tossed in there, Chattanooga, all this thing. I think that that whole worship is an introduction into like far flung worship is an introduction into what we really are. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Who we really are. And because I think you take you 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 can take a lot of the things we do away. Right. You can take mm -hmm. puppets away and we still exist. You can take worship the worship albums. albums away, we still exist. You can take the offices away, we still exist. You take missions away, everything else crumbles. Mm -hmm. Right. But a lot of times missions is not the first thing you know about us. We've been talking about this whole podcast. I don't think we named one missionary. <laughs> we talked about Isaac and Cambodia, Sally in Africa. I mean, maybe a little bit reference some trip. Oh yeah, but it's still like what we did. <laughs> Remember we did this and we went here in Guatemala, we did this and it's crazy. Be you know, and then, but that's what this podcast is supposed to be anyways. But right. I saw all of my friends after all of those pivotal moments and you finally get to Guatemala, you record that album and I see a bunch of my friends in Guatemala all worshiping. And I'm like, I literally, my wife says, why are all your friends changing the world without you? And why is everybody in Guatemala why is everybody like doing all this stuff? Like, and you're not there. You you like to worship. You like to write songs. So you're literally here because you had FOMO. Yeah. And why is everybody going without you? And I was like, I don't know. You make Ashley sound like she's like, how come you ain't doing nothing with your life? Yeah. All your friends out there. Like, she's the most country. <laughs> like, when you going to get up out the house? Why don't you? <laughs> that's what, you I, sit on this that's couch what I was hearing. All day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was just kind of, I see I see a bunch of my friends, Tyler and you and different ones that I'm just like, man, you know, I, I, and it wasn't so much that I'm missing out as much as I felt like I'm seeing people I belong with mm. and I'm not there. Not that I didn't want to sing a song. I didn't want to be on a microphone. I just like, wow, I'm here and I want to be there. And somewhere after that, it, it was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize missions was really the thing. It wasn't until I ended up here at the office and you showed us clips of what was the next film, the Celia film, Secret mm -hmm. Sunflowers. Mm -hmm. And we're up here. There used to be a table in here and all this stuff. And we're up here and me and Ashley are both here and we're weeping, watching clips that are not done, that don't have all the music. We're just watching these clips and we're weeping. And so the worship attracted us. Mm. But man, the missions, like it was, we were infected by this desire to like live outside the wire, to, to quit living our, the safe life that we had lived and really pursue like being involved. Now, I didn't know that being involved was going to take us to the point where we're going to leave pastoring and stop that and, and move here like we have. Just take an ambulance break. Yeah. Fire so this truck is, this break. is downtown Chattanooga. If y'all didn't know, <laughs> this is this is that neighborhood where that stuff happens. Uh, so I think I'm that person that's a lot like everybody else who maybe worship or far flung worship or or at a service or conference. Yeah, man, I heard all these people lead worship or I saw a YouTube video and all this. But I'm the YouTube video. I watched them on YouTube, their Together Project, and I was like, oh my god, I know. I'm just going to mm -hmm. call Kyle, and I think. I relate to a lot of the people who are listening to this maybe and weren't really into the missions, didn't really know about that. I had gone on mission trips since I was like 13. Yeah. You know, so I knew that ministry stuff. 
Um, and I think there's a lot of people that are going to watch and they're going to listen and they're going to see this stuff. And it's going to be three or four years in. They loved the music for three or four years. And then suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know we can travel with them. Right. We can go to Africa. I've always wanted to go to Africa. And then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, how did I not know for all this time that this was coming? So um, I think it's fitting that really and truly in a what is far flung tin can podcast, it's almost this ended up being, it's almost like an episode of Seinfeld where we talk about like everything, but exactly what far flung is because it is, it is like missions and worship and puppets and conversations, all that. Yeah. It's to the point in the meeting the other day, it's an innovative way to support global missions. Mm. It's a very innovative design. Um, not in that people haven't filmed documentaries before, just there's so many different intersecting parts of ministry and creativity and everything that it's something that's very simple can sometimes come across as complicated, but just innovative global missions work, you know? I think there's a sense of mystery too that's kind of like what attracts me a little bit and attracted me at first too. It's like with everything we're saying, it's just like we're going to the Arctic, right? But we don't really know what, exactly is all happening right but we may be walking down the road and there's just somebody we end up praying for and like those moments like that's why like i think we were saying that earlier it's just like there's some things you just have to like experience it my favorite moments honestly is watching people come in not knowing exactly they're like what is far flung you know, and then we, we try to explain it to them. Yeah. And, and you know, it's just like, well, why don't you just come on this trip? And yeah. then, like, halfway through the trip, they're, like, in tears, yeah. going, like, oh, I get it right. now. If you're watching this, you're like, I really want to, I want in. I want a part of the organization. Like, I want to be, like, part of it. I'll tell you now, the inroad that you think it it is, like, if you're a singer, a musician, you think the inroad is, like, sending in a sample of you leading worship somewhere, that's not your inroad. Go on the website and go find what trip you think is the most miserable. And let's see how you are day six. That's that's really the best inroad. If you want to really like plug in, because everybody, everybody can be on their A game on stage for an hour. But you get up, when we're eating snacks for six days with half the oxygen we're breathing right now, and you're feeling pretty miserable. We get to see like really where your character's at. Yeah, and, and there's this whole thing like too with just like joy and payoff in life. Yeah, like when something comes easy, like you don't value it the same way. Mm-hmm. I was watching this documentary about these guys who go on these like crazy like um, adventures hunting. They hunt like big mm-hmm. game and stuff. And they're like the day like we went on a 12 day trip and we tagged out. We we got the animal the first day. Right. And then the next 11 days, we're like, okay. The plane doesn't pick them up for 11 more days. Right. right. So they're just like, okay. So the best trips are, it was like 11 days of rain and miserable. And then like on the last day, the last six hours, it was like, we didn't think it was going to happen. It was just utter misery. And he's like, oh, and he's like, really? I'm got to the point in my life where I want it to be that way. Right. Because if it's too easy, I know nobody's telling the stories of the day that was, oh, yeah, today was a good day. And something pretty good happened. But today we're, it's, today was miserable and something amazing happened. Yeah. Uh, Last question for me. 
Okay. Okay. I think how much camera camera battery life do we have left? We have both GoPros and we're like um, we just need we need to wrap. Yeah, we need to wrap soon. Yeah. This last question okay. is this: uh, far flung tin can. I tried to introduce somebody to our organization the other day, and I told them the name, and they came back and they said, "Yeah." In five minutes later, they're like, "What was the name of that?" And they were like, "Offling, offling." Offling tan can, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." Um, what's the craziest? Like when when you've said a name, we're far flung tin can. Like, like what's Boston. the worst botch name? Job. What, you've what's heard? the worst botch? Like when you've been introduced on stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Well, first of all, I don't think in South America and maybe even like eight. Really, every country that's not English, nobody's ever gotten Philippi. They're like Kyle Philippe. <laughs> <laughs> Never been introduced by actual name. Um, it's really funny seeing in another language. It's already hard enough to explain it in English. Imagine explaining it in Spanish. And, and, and you know, they're long saying, distance phone call. You know, and they're like, you know, they're saying all these things in Spanish, and you just don't want to comprehend anything. And then you just hear pause, and it's like far flung tin. <laughs> and then it goes back to Spanish. Um, and, I, and, you know, so you're just like, what's going on? Um, I've had a lot of like churchy humor where pastors like see me in the hall of a conference. There's and they're like, the oh, there's old fart, fart fat flung. There's old fart flung. <laughs> hey, hey, there's an old tin can. Here comes, uh, here's a, hey, hey there's kick, here's old kick the can. How you, how you flinging? <laughs> just so much of that. Fart flung. And I just smile through it. That's clever. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> you can't take yourself ser- too seriously. No, because we need them to give monthly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and when you named yourself Farfling Tinkin, it was like, you can't be serious. Yeah. Can't be like, no, it's not Farflung. <laughs> Our ministry is Farflung Tin Can. Be serious. <laughs> so, all right, wrap yeah. it up. That's it. Okay, so one of these other episodes... Oh, which camera's doing? But one of these, yeah. So thanks for listening. Um, far, far fling, far flung, far flung, tinkin. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is how it all started. Uh, I guarantee you, uh, by episode one hundred, the whole thing is going to look crazy different. It's going to be better. It's going to be stronger. And uh, yeah, we hope you join in for for the ride. Check out our website, farflungtinkin.com, and anywhere that you stream music. Make sure you check out Farflung Worship. Thanks, guys. Which is called Far Flung Tin Can. Which is called Far Flung Tin Can. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a giving giving button on the uh, website as well. Yeah, if you would like to invest To be a part of this story, yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, if you hate missions, don't give at all. But if you love to help people, then you can give at farflungtincan.com. If you love the Lord. All right, goodbye, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>